Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that may be helpful to accomplish our purpose. All right, hey, good morning. It's uh, B-Side Podcast. My name is John Robinson. I'm one of the pastors at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Luloyan, also actually the only one of the two of us currently in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. John, you, uh, you're dial- dialing in from the great sunny state of Florida this morning. I am, and it is sunny, and it's warm. I didn't have to wear a jacket today. Um, so, yeah, I also haven't left the house yet, so that probably has something to do with it. Nice. I plan on nice. wearing sandals for the next week and shorts, drinking it all in. Sounds uh, sounds glorious, man. Although being from the Northeast, it doesn't sound like I don't equate warmth with Thanksgiving. I equate I equate mm. nice, cool, crisp fall weather. So, you know, yeah. depending on where you grow up, you get you get a very different. No, that's flavor. true. Every yeah. every every movie depicts like the holidays with like snow and people in like jackets and everything like that. We grew up in in you know I grew up in Florida, and so uh, it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uncommon for us to go to the beach like between like Thanksgiving and and Christmas or be outside playing, you know, having our roller skates that we got because it was the nineties. Well, you know, roller blades, not skates, roller blades in the nineties and uh, skating in our driveway. And so like, it was, yeah, it was, it was not something we had to really wait to get outside uh, to do. I um I I picture your holiday experience as the Corona commercials that I saw uh, growing up, where there's like the palm the one palm tree that they like yes. decorate with all the Christmas lights, you know, little beach. I basically picture all of Florida like that Corona commercial. That's well, that's the that's vision true. I've got. That's, that's the vision that's I've got all we in my have. mind. We have no <laughs> other trees but palm trees. There's <laughs> no grass. The it's all just the same. one, really. It's the, yeah. yeah. One each neighborhood gets one palm tree. Nice. Yeah. We I mean, all it's... collectively decorate with strands of lights. Perfect. Happy, happy yeah. holidays in Florida. Happy holidays. Chink Corona. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, corona. Well, that's a whole different topic. We'll, we'll save that. Yeah. I uh, prefer the Corona with the Lyme. Yes. Not the yes, Corona definitely. with Lyme's disease. That's right. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, but uh, speaking of, I guess, holidays, right? We're, we finished Judges yesterday, which means Advent is upon us. And, I don't, not yeah, a moment too if, soon. Uh, yeah. Not, not soon enough. Uh, thanks <laughs> be to God that we finished Judges. Yes. I was, I've, I've really appreciated this book, Matt. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've appreciated going through it and, and kind of doing a more in depth study on it. But man, I was ready. I'm so ready for Advent. Yeah, I think um, so. I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's been good. It's been a good study. But we took on yesterday, we took on, um, well, uh, what is it, 25% maybe of the book? <laughs> yeah. A less than 25% maybe? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a chunk. It was a chunk of the book. It was... It was five chapters. Yeah. About a quarter, about a quarter of the book, uh, yeah. in five chapters there. <laughs> um, and it's, we're yeah, not it's, ambitious. No, we're no. not ambitious at all. 
You know, what's funny is um, even as I was doing some, some planning for this series a long time ago and looking at how other churches had kind of broken out the text and how long they'd spent in judges, mm. uh, a lot of churches don't even touch 17 through 21. Really? They, they, um, the book ends chronologically at the end of chapter 16 mm. uh, with Samson. And so a lot of the, the series that other churches do in judges focus on, in, in many cases, only the, the major judges. They don't touch mm. on the minor ones. Um, and then uh, when they reach the end of 16, they kind of just wrap up the chapter, maybe, maybe with just a, a few words about that, that refrain that everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Mm. Um, but probably because it's a lot of text, probably because it's repulsive and, and horrible what's right. in those last five chapters. Yeah, it is. Um, and probably because it's, you know, um, it's, it, it's a little bit harder to kind of flesh out maybe specifically like, okay, what, what are we asking people to do with mm -hmm. these five chapters and what's in them? Like, what are the, what does it teach us about God, about humanity? And then what is it like, what are the implications for our own lives? That, that's right. a little bit more. So a, a lot of churches don't even, don't even touch it. Um, and it felt like, well, that's, you know, even though we're not doing judges in a pure expository verse by verse, mm -hmm. here's the original meaning of all the words kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 it did feel, um, it didn't feel right to just kind of like cut off the book at the end of chapter 16. Right. And if we really have a high view of scripture and of the word of God, and that, that all of it is, as uh, Paul goes on to write, Peter goes on to write years later, mm -hmm. uh, breathed out by God, useful for teaching, re reproof, uh, yeah, for righteousness. Training and righteousness. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, then we've we've got to see even these these hard, complicated passages as mm -hmm. breathed out by God um, and profitable like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so we we at least we at least took one week on five chapters to just you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really glad we didn't just extend those five chapters for the next five weeks of Advent and try to make that work. So that uh yeah i mean i guess i guess if you're not into celebrating advent uh and certain tribes within within christianity don't don't really follow a, a christian calendar very closely but if that's your if that's your game then i guess you you could just you know uh spread it out for a while but but no, we we like we you. like our advent around liberty we, i like my advent in my own life i like that christian calendar man i, it, I think it's been there for a we long need time need me some advent I yeah no advent. i uh i'm i'm so glad i I'm I'm also, you know, uh pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm also the guy that's willing to like put on Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Um this year especially. And we for were, this too, God will bring you into judgment, John. Yeah. Um <laughs> bring it on. Um yeah. No, I uh yeah. This year with um with just everything going on, man, I think the earlier the better. I'm I'm yeah. uh yeah, we, we set up some decorations knowing that we were going to be out of town for Thanksgiving and yeah. we wanted to come back to some some festive looking uh, decorum in our house or decor in our house. And so we were we were ready to go, man. Yeah, um, I totally so, no, I totally I totally get it, man. I totally get it. Yeah, and you at least was, you at least wait till like, you know, post uh, Halloween, like those first couple weeks of November, you start like putting it in place there. You're not a. Um, yeah. You're not, you know, like it, even uh, even Starbucks around here this year, I think it was pre-Halloween, like launched some of their, uh, you know, pumpkins. Well, the pumpkin spice one's the fall one, but like some of their Christmas stuff started rolling yeah. out pretty early this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. So. It's a little premature for that. We, yeah, we normally like we'll get our tree that weekend after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, like Thanksgiving's over. It's Christmas time. And Christmas is, is the whole month. Like it's the whole month of December for us. We got to. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm really gr- glad that we're doing that. We do Advent, that we celebrate the church calendar in that way. And, um, this was Christ the King Sunday this past Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, just a good reminder for us, um, as we step into the Advent season, um, and reminding us that yes, Jesus came as a child, but he also came as a King. He also came to rule yeah. and to reign. Um, which is very applicable even as we closed out the Judges series, um, that there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so that was, um, yeah. just, you know, one of the things we didn't really touch on, Matt, in this series is the value of godly leadership hmm. um, that is needed hmm. um, yeah. uh, for people to to be under and to submit to godly leaders um, and how that can change the course of um, nations and, and yeah. people. And so we saw a lot yeah. of this in, in the narrative that we read this past week of um, people just kind of following and doing what was right in their own eyes tribes mm-hmm. doing what was right in their own eyes, making collective communal decisions of what to do and how to react that were completely deprived of a, uh, a submission to, to God. And this really was kind of the picture of judges is God delivers Israel and brings them into the promised land. Mm-hmm. Um, and within generations, you know, uh, in our narrative, even uh, this week, we're looking at two generations after Moses. Yeah. Um, completely depraved and and wicked people yeah that's right i mean you yeah it really judges shows us the lack and the, you know the need for godly leadership by the lack of it i mean you've maybe got othniel and deborah as mm-hmm. like the two examples of good godly leadership um in yeah. the midst of in the midst of otherwise just a lot of terrible leadership yeah. still still being used by god still still bringing deliverance through the the sovereign and um, and kind hand of God uh, mm-hmm. to love his people, pursue his covenant with them, keep his covenant with them. But um, yeah, so you yeah, definitely see that need for it. And I mean, the fascinating part, of course, is the, you know, there is no king in Israel. It sets up, you know, this, this defense of this, this not even defense really, but um, hope for the, the monarchy that was coming. And of course the first person in that monarchy was Saul. And he also was a huge disappointment and, and, yeah. um, was eventually removed from that office. Then there's David, who who then is is the man after God's own heart, still incredibly flawed, uh, yeah. still far from perfect. Um, and then you know, and then after him, Solomon, Solomon. Yeah. where the where the kingdom is united and reaches kind of its pinnacle. But then it man, then it unravels quick. It unravels really quick, quick. and yeah. and you even see some of the the remnants of some of these things in the period of the judges and even these last five chapters play play back into that where. Mm-hmm. Uh, this tribe of Dan, for example, that set up this counterfeit site of worship in their new uh, hometown that really shouldn't have been their hometown, mm-hmm. um, that, that is there all the way through the monarchy, all the way through um, until it says in, um, in chapter 18 of Judges, uh, until the exile of the land. So until, mm-hmm. until the Assyrians for the northern kingdom would have conquered um, that land and then exiled the people. Yeah. And uh, a few years later, Babylonian captivity. But yeah. Um, yeah, as you were going through that, um, I was reminded, I was like, I like Dan setting this place up near Shiloh. Like I've been there. They, hmm. they, they've excavated this site um, and have um, kind of like the whole city 
mm. that was set up there, like the, the places of worship and the, these false, these false, um, if you will, temples and false centers of religion uh, have yeah. been excavated. And um, you can you can go there. It's called Tel Dan, T-E-L-D-A-N, two words. And uh, I've got a whole bunch of pictures. If you ever want to see those. Uh, I yeah, can, uh, I'll show them to you. But yeah, it's uh, it's this it's is a fascinating this, site. Th- this has got to be the place that to insert the 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 promotion that this this yes. portion of the B side podcast is yes. brought to you by <laughs> the Israel tour with David Miller coming up in January of 2022, and registrations are now available on our website. Um, I mean, that, yeah, like it, like like yeah. he said a couple weeks ago, and like you shared, John, like it just does bring scripture to life, and it informs your. It does. Uh, your understanding of, of how things were playing out there. It takes what's so, um, you know, ambiguous, hard to pin down um, mm-hmm. and brings it, you know, brings flesh and blood to, to the yeah. words of scripture and especially these narrative portions of the old. Right. Testament. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is fascinating. And we don't have any sponsors for our podcast, <laughs> but I will be hitting up Shoresh tours now that, now that obviously we have so many followers. That's right. Uh, yeah, we've got to get the word out. But yeah, no, we really do want to encourage you guys to sign up and register for um, that trip. I think it really, for me, what it's done, it has brought um, a, a cognitive. There's a cognitive understanding of scripture, hmm. and then there's the um, like the 3D version of it, like to be able to kind of go, you know, the the songs of ascent um, hmm. going up to Israel. You drive up towards israel and like the bus drops into a low gear because you're cranking and you're going uphill hmm. and you're just thinking about these songs of ascent and psalm was it 20 through 35 hmm. um and like going up to israel and then the dead sea and then you know the sea of galilee and, and you know tell dan and the jordan river and like all of these places um the golem heights which are across hmm. from um the uh the sea of galilee like to be able to kind of go yeah like i i, I kind of know where this is at and kind of how this is even even as this narrative and judges is occurring you're able to kind of go like okay this is what was going on here's the geography of this it was it's just really it's a beautiful um addition to um although not a hundred percent it's i don't think it's necessary for us to, to 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 have this experience but it's also just really helpful it's a, it's a helpful, it's a good thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's the, that's the, that's the long plug. No, that's right. Well, I mean, yeah. And even so just kind of bridging that into, to, to judges 17 through 21, the, the two narratives, there's these two vignettes, the tale of two Levites is kind Mm -hmm. of how I referred to it in shorthand yesterday. And we didn't even really get to unpack this aspect of it, but it centers around Levi, a Levite going from Bethlehem and a Levite going to Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Uh, up to the hill country of Ephraim, where the other the, the narratives kind of take place, you know, between those two and in those uh-huh. two places. Um, and so, you know, getting a lay of the land sets that up um, mm-hmm. well. And even even the whole idea of, you know, the Levites coming in and out of Bethlehem. And that's, of course, the city where David is born and then ultimately where Christ is, is mm-hmm. born. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of even foreshadowing of the, the, the Messiah that would come from yeah. the city of Bethlehem and showing the desperate need for it in these two these two vignettes. But these, uh, so, you know, broadly speaking, it's like, okay, what do we do with this, this, this narrative? And these are, I mean, this is some of the bleakest it gets and, and judges has many moments of this. Uh, and it mm-hmm. certainly then just ends on that note. It doesn't end on a, on a, um, on a positive note. It doesn't have that right. like classic comedy, you know, uh, oh, things get bad. And then like sitcom, there's a resolution yeah. at the end and we all kind of, you know, 
laugh laugh our way into the closing credits it's like yeah. nope it's- it was bad and everybody just kind of kind of wandered home and yeah. that's you know roll 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 curtain yeah um, it was it's uh <clears throat> the scott's tots episode of the office is the most awkward um <laughs> situationally uh anxiety you know inducing comedy i've ever been uh, fortunate or unfortunate to uh, to to watch yeah um where it just gets really awkward and gets really bad but then there is something redemptive of that and like you said man like we just don't get that at the end of this there's no there's no bow that we can tie on the end of the book of judges to go well hey at least this was happening um yeah thanks be to god that we have um the historical view that we do have yeah. uh, about Christ coming, being the re- the redeemer, the, the restorer of his people. Um, that should bring us hope in this. That's right. And that's, that's really the function of judges in the entirety of the whole council of God of scripture. So, so the, so judges itself doesn't have that, um, you know, classic storylines of tragedy where like things mm-hmm. get good and then they, then they end badly comedy things start here get bad and then resolve and mm-hmm. scripture of course is is this it's it's even more of a j it's like here's where creation starts the fall redemption and then restoration it just kind of mm-hmm. continues on into it so the function of judges in that whole narrative and the whole counsel of god and the story of god's redemption in the world i mean it is the it's the bottom it's it's the um it's it's the foreshadowing of uh, an, an experience of of what sin does when it's mm-hmm. when God is not intervening to re- or you know and even as He is intervening to rescue people it's it's where sin goes mm-hmm. until God intervenes and yeah. so it, the, the picture of it is it, it, you know you can't expect judges to have the resolution itself because its function is the the bottom it's it's right. the it is that bottom of the the comedy you know curve. Yeah. Um, well, and that it's, speaks, yeah, that speaks a lot to like what we need to understand as Christians, as it, as what is, is revealed in God's word, right? About, about humanity is that there is not like, we want to believe that people are inherently good. We want to, we're told like people are really good and they just need opportunity to, to express this good. And um, there is, there is a deep, dark, um, recess of the human heart that is completely depraved, yeah. that it's completely set on its own when given opportunity to sin. Um, you know, we will sin. Mm-hmm. We, you know, our, our hearts, as, as Calvin said, are idol factories. You know, the heart is an idol factory that continues to produce these idols. We'll continue mm-hmm. to, we'll continue to sin. We'll continue to rebel going unchecked. Yeah. Um, will will lead to uh, a culture that is completely um, driven by what they see to be right in their own eyes. Hmm. Um, and that is, that's important for us as Christians to understand one about our own hearts, but also about yeah. the people that we live in and amongst. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole nature and nurture ideas, like we, we will, we will do what our heart leads us to do and what culture will allow us and permit us to do. Yeah. Um, and so when there's, there is no law in Israel, there is no King, there is no governing authority to put at least some parameters on the immorality. Mm -hmm. It will, 
it will find itself and 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 lead itself to to be uh, this this depth of evil that we've read in in Judges sixteen through twenty one. That's right, and 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 the maybe the most horrifying part of that, and and hopefully what leads to like a wake up call for for all of us in our own lives and and then in our culture is that that refrain that people were doing what is right in their own eyes that's mm-hmm. th- this is not humanity at their worst so to speak it's humanity at their best it's it's humanity thinking mm-hmm. that they're doing the right things it's their good solutions for things uh, apart from yeah. the intervention and the and the care and the guidance the providence uh, of of god and so you know it 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 also kind of foreshadows the the reality of the crucifixion where um, Caiaphas, the high priest, has that crazy ironic line leading up to that, where he says it's better for that one man should die than a whole nation should die, and it's like he 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 thought um, putting Jesus on the cross, like you know, bringing him up on trial for blasphemy and then sending him to his death via the Romans, was like doing the right thing uh, mm-hmm. for the sake of the people, and of course it was it was the the greatest you know evil perpetrated possible to put mm-hmm. the Son of God, God in the flesh, to to death. Um, but the irony, of course, being that God was still in that and was bringing was bringing life. It was better mm-hmm. that this one man should die in the in the economy of God because that mm-hmm. was the that was the road to to salvation. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you you see that in in Judges seventeen through twenty one that this is people doing what is right in their own eyes, doing what they think is that they're not intentionally um, trying to do the wrong thing. They're trying to do um, what's right and what makes sense to them. And it and this is what happens. And those two, those two general ways, which I think, you know, um, for those of you still meeting this week for Bible studies, I know it's Thanksgiving week, so um, not everybody is, but um, even in your own life and your own reflection, two, two big ideas there. When we do what's right in our own eyes, mm-hmm. religion is idolatry, becomes idolatry in a heartbeat, uh, and morality is depravity. It becomes depravity. And man, so many different ways we could kind of, kind of take that. Um, I think... Um, idolatry is a big word, particularly when you, when you're trying to do self-examination as a Christian, because you're, of course, your intent is to worship the one true God. Um, your, your intent is to follow him faithfully. Right. So I think judges is even instructive in that sense where you say, well, well, so was the intent of, of these people, uh, this, this Levite, this, uh, this man named Micah, um, their intent was to worship the one true God. They just didn't do that according to how God had revealed himself and what he had told them to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it went off the rails. It went off the rails quick. Yeah. Um, so being willing to, to, to be honest and wrestle with those things, um, a couple, a couple specifics, I mentioned these yesterday, but I think these are the places to kind of go from an implication application standpoint. Um, idolatry in, in our lives. Um, is it like Micah doing religious activity to put God in your debt? Uh, you know, he said, now I've finally, I have a Levite. Now God will have to bless me. Mm-hmm. Um, do we, are we, are we actually worshiping God from a place of love and responding to his grace? Or are we doing that because we're trying to get him to give us something else that he owes yeah. us something? Yeah. Um, um, he yes. wanted a blessing, you know, he wanted a blessing. He wanted to, to have a, uh, you know, a, maybe a prosperous life would probably be a, a good way, but like a, a yeah. life that was, um, of of ease and comfort and um, you know I think that was the intention. It's like I'm I'm gonna get God on my side here. I'm gonna um, I have a Levite for my own possession. So now like I'm you know I'm doing all the things I need to do. Yeah. Uh, and so, but like his, it was it was so funny the way like you kind of described it. Like 
he uh he set up basically his own religion you know yeah, yeah. he kind of created himself a little bit of a cult he did um, yeah and so like this is um but he kind of brought some of like he brought the judaism piece into it to kind of go hey like this is this is kind of how this should work but also i'm mean, kind of validated a little bit with like bringing a levite in and in yeah. so many ways like culturally speaking and even contemporary christian culture um has kind of become its own thing um but we we want to bring in the pieces that we think we should bring in i think um which is why we we stress and kind of our tribe the reformed tribe try to like pull us back to like what does the word of god say how are we informed not culturally how has christianity developed but let's go back to the text right yeah back to justification by faith alone yeah you have the five solas um of the reformation and so like getting back to um the what what does god truly require that's right what is god asking of us not what cultural christianity has become um and so we want to we want to make sure and, and call people to and examine ourselves even yeah are we are we making christianity something that it's not uh yep. are we doing we're pulling a micah and yep and kind of going hey well i don't like that i don't like this so i'm going to kind of create my own thing now um yeah it's informed by what i like and i don't like or what i think is right not not really what the word of god says yeah that's right i mean i i think there's um on the personal level you've got you know how how we what are we trying to get god to give us like how we how are we trying to use god to give us what what really is our functional god what we're really devoted our devoting our lives to but yeah you could flesh that out like okay so micah grabbed the you know some household idols in a and an ephod and made a shrine with it um some churches grab an american flag and throw it right up there next to the cross um some churches um you know, a friend of ours uh, visited a church where in the foyer, there was a, a, a picture, an artistic expression of uh, Jesus cradling the Statue of Liberty, you know, in tears, um, kind of like, and like, that's idolatry. That's, that's the definition of idolatry. Right. Um, that is what Micah did in creating his own, his own religion that was like pseudo Judaism, but not at all. Um, and I, so we, you can flush it out broadly like that too. And, and maybe that's a specific way in, in pockets of, uh, the United States where the, the conflation of patriotism and Christianity is like mm-hmm. so interwoven that actually there's a ton of idolatry in that. And it needs to be right. parsed out and say, yeah. Hey, we're, we're citizens of both of these things. And we have obligations and loyalties to both of them, but they mm-hmm. are not, this they are right. they're they are a venn diagram that has some overlap um right, but right. man pull pull that idolatrous part out of that um yeah, yeah there's and, that and, yeah and that's that's a helpful way for us to even kind of examine the ways in which um you know those are the the tangible things in our own lives like how have we embraced the false narrative of what christianity is based off of like its ties with more of like nationalism and and being intertwined with patriotism Mm -hmm. um, because christianity is not american Mm -hmm. Uh, christianity is a middle eastern religion right it's started started in the middle east sure um it's you know and so like you've got to understand like 
it's and it's also global. Yeah, I would say it's I would say it's pan national. It's global. It's yeah. it's um it it you know it supersedes national allegiances and boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, every every uh, it would be really weird and awkward. Uh, we went to a church in Korea um, when we were over there doing some missions work, and um, it would have been really weird if next to let's say like the Christian flag had they had a Christian flag, they also had like the American flag in Korea, and they're like, oh, yeah. these are the same things. Yeah. So like. It, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it's not a, so, so it's helpful for us to kind of even in our own hearts, analyze how we've kind of partnered these two things together that we've kind of uh, in a way kind of grafted them together mm-hmm. in ways they were never intended to be grafted together. That's right. Yeah. So that that's, that's one form there of idolatry. Um, the Levite is more playing a role in order to mm-hmm. gain, um, respectability, a position, a platform, less applicable maybe in our day than it would have been 50 years ago, where being a Christian kind of gained you credibility. And increasingly, I don't know, it's, it seems to be maybe more of a liability. In certain pockets, though, like within the church, for example, mm-hmm. playing the religious lo- role still will gain you respectability. It'll, get, it'll gain you opportunities to serve, opportunities for leadership. Um, and so there's a way that our, our faithful activity, our, our actions, doing what's right in our own eyes can be truly a faithful response to, to what God's done, or it can be an attempt for us to, to gain recognition, respectability. So that's another way to kind of examine your own heart. Like, am I doing this because I really love, love God um, or because I want to look good for the other people with which this activity gains me credibility. Right. Um, and then with the tribe of Dan, theirs was uh, past disobedience. They, mm-hmm. they didn't act when they should have. So like now, now they're like, okay, we do need a homeland, but the actual place God gave us is hard and this other place looks really easy. No one is going to come to their aid. We'll just conquer them and live there. Um, And for us, kind of the implication being like, okay, where, where do we lower the bar of what God actually has called us to in obedience um, and kind of say, well, this is, this is good enough. Like, you know, it's not what God called me to, but it works. Um, It's working. Um, you know, pra- pragmatism, uh, lowering the bar, slightly modifying obedience. Th- those are all ways that idolatry creeps in. And there are ways that we can do it, even thinking we're doing the right thing, being mm-hmm. being right in our own eyes. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's right, man. Like the, uh, it, and it's so easy for us, I think, to uh, lower those bars of mm-hmm. expectations. Um when we were even praying yesterday uh, as we were about to take communion, I mentioned a couple of aspects of like the ways in which we just functionally sin or sins of commission. Yes. But also the omission Yeah, where like when we don't do the things in which we are called to do, that is, it is sin. It is, it is the same punishable sin as any sin of commission. Um, So, um, the easy way is to just not engage with our neighbors. It's not to uh, live a life faithfully present in our communities and, and amongst the people in which we work with and live around. And um, that's easy. It's really easy. Yeah. Um, but it's also sinful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no way to kind of get around that and to, um, to make that easier for us to uh, accept in our own lives. Hmm. Um, and yet we try to, we try to go, Hey, what, well, it's, it's just, it's hard. They're hard people. They're hard to talk to. Um, hmm. it's, it's a hard, uh, you know, 
it's hard to do that in in business it's hard to do that here and so like I, i'll just i just won't do that and so um let, let let us be able to encourage you like if you're listening now and you find yourself in that place um it is hard like yeah. let's recognize that it is it is hard it is um maybe different from what you have typically ever done hmm. but is what you are called to do to be faithfully present to preach the gospel in season and out of season um to be a christian is to have Christ on your lips and to live as Christ would live, hmm. um, which means like making him known, making Christ known. Hmm. Um, Christ didn't come and be silent about who he is and just hope that people would um, figure it out by the way he treated other people. He was hmm. explicit in saying some of the things that he said. And so as Christians, we need to be explicit and take those risks. It's a worthy risk to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, it is hard, but let us challenge you even now to do that, um, to do that with, with love, to do that with truth, mm-hmm. um, to do that in a winsome way, uh, that, that considers the individual and where they are and, uh, what would be the best way to approach them. Um, uh, if you've got questions about that, we'd love to even kind of help you navigate through some of those things, but, um, as we as we even kind of consider that, um, we want to we want to push you in that direction to be missional, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Yeah. Um, and so, not just by doing things, but also saying things. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's really good. Well said, John. The um, the last piece of, of kind of where maybe to take the implications of this has to do with that other, the, the mm-hmm. second Levite, which we're, we're just barely getting to, to scratch the surface on here. I know we got to wrap up, but um, where morality becomes depravity when we're right in our own eyes. I, I think that's an, a, a, such a critical, important um, truth to embrace mm-hmm. in our, in our cultural moment where um, there are ways we should and can be allies with people pursuing justice in our mm-hmm. world, uh, pursuing what is good and right in the world. We have actually a lot of overlap, even using that Venn diagram illustration again, with um, some of those pursuits because of our faith in Christ and because of mm-hmm. God's good design for the world, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a foundation there that says we should pursue these things. We should pursue mm-hmm. hospitality and justice and restoration of things that Absolutely. have been broken. The the way that what can't be assumed any longer. And I don't think it's ever been able to be assumed, but it just seems like another moment where it's like obvious, like, Oh, we can't assume that the foundations are the same here is in some of these discussions. And, and really the danger of the pursuit of morality when it's untethered from the gospel. And when there's no mm-hmm. idea of grace, when there's no idea of an authority outside of yourself, that's objective and that we all submit to man, morality is dangerous. Morality mm-hmm justice, all these things become depravity in a second because there's, there's no sense of the, what is the actual straight edge? What is the actual, mm-hmm. um, the, the actual foundation, you know, on which this, this other stuff is built. Is it just right. my own whims today? Is it like societal, mm-hmm. you know, democratic agreement about a certain topic? Cause man, that's mm-hmm. historically that's gone poorly for a lot yeah. of places and nations before. So 
you know, there's the broader social aspects of this. Our culture thinks that, that doing what is right in your own eyes actually leads to flourishing. And man, that is a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. Right. So let's like call that out in our own hearts though, too. I think let's, let's be attentive to where we are prone to assume the foundation mm-hmm. where we just kind of know like, okay, well, Christians do the right thing. And here's the right thing. It's like, do, do you really know why that's the right thing? Are you really tracing that down to say, this is, this is who God is. This is his design for the world. This is why we should pursue these morals, these ethics in the world, mm-hmm. because there is a foundation, there is a straight edge. There is a foundation. Mm-hmm. And if, if we don't have that, if we just grown up, particularly those of us have grown up in Christianity, mm-hmm. um, man, like those will fall apart when you're actually presented with other views that have compelling aspects and arguments to them. So mm-hmm. I, I guess, I, I guess my encouragement is, uh, especially as you're discussing this with other people, um, sh- sure, like talk about that, the broader societal aspects of things and how moral subjectivism is dangerous and it's ruining things. I, th- I agree. Don't miss the, the, your, own, your own heart in that. Mm-hmm. And where y- you and I are prone, we are prone to, you know, all of us to, um, to make morale, like to take just the morals of the Christian faith, which are good mm-hmm. and turn those into hammers to beat people with and, mm-hmm. and, and actually like, you know, become, to, be, to become depravity as we think we're doing the right thing, because we're actually disconnecting ourselves from the, yeah. the, the source. Yeah. No, I, even in, I was listening to another podcast that we won't mention here on our podcast because we're not sponsored by them. Uh, hashtag Shoresh Tours 2022. <laughs> um, but no, like, so. Shoresh Tours. That, <laughs> um, so, yeah, the uh, we, we really need a jingle. Um, no, but what they were saying was like, man, like Christians even fall into this by um, the ways in which we speak to and speak about other people um, that we disagree with. Like in the political season that we were mm-hmm. just in, and I'm not sure if we're quite out of it yet, but let's just be honest. Um, like it was, it is and has been so easy for people to be to disagree with another party and then like just completely vilify speak evil of um and i mean in ways that they would never do about an individual in front of them i hope um be completely and utterly um I don't know, man. Like, I don't even know the word. Like it it was, there's a vileness about how we spoke about these people who are made in the image of God, fallen, Mm. broken, poor leaders that they are. Right. And that's Mm. all of them. Um, As Christians, we started taking on some of this, um, this, this type of communicative style of like, now we can turn this person into a villain and and talk poorly about them which is not how christians should should speak we're supposed to we're supposed to maintain a witness we're supposed to maintain our own character and how we speak about others speak no evil of others right mm-hmm. do not do not uh, i should try to remember the, the the verse now and um i think it's in in uh timothy um second timothy but it was basically like 
we have in in getting so wrapped up into these other things we have we have compromised our own convictions mm. and so and that's a danger that's a danger for us as christians um we need to be ever vigilant of our witness in the world yeah by what we say how we respond how we speak of people even when we vehemently disagree with them we still have a witness to maintain and so right. yeah so morality becoming depravity there's no other more wicked description of this than, than what we see um, in this account in Judges, though. Man, and it was. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. And, I, and I think it's, you know, we, like we talked about through Judges before, um, it's, a, it's a glimpse of hell. It's a glimpse of what, what happens when sin runs unchecked and God does not intervene in mercy and yeah. grace. And I think that's, that's the way to, I mean, these are real accounts. It's not just there symbolically, um, but it and is. And they're not, they're not, prescriptive either gosh they're yeah. describing yeah. what happened and they and let us be clear like describing the evil that mm -hmm. it is that just because it's in scripture does not make it good or right that's yeah that's exactly uh, it right. is describing the condition of humanity at that time who was completely and utterly a devoid of of god mm -hmm. um, yep Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly right. It's, de it's descriptive. It's um, and it's, and let's, let's, let's acknowledge that. Let's not try to like paint it with a pretty, a pretty, a pretty brush, you know, it's, um, yeah. it's ugly and it does serve to, as the book concludes, uh, drive us to uh, another, another depth, another level of desperation for rescue uh, for a King. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is Jesus. And so that's, yeah. that's where judges ends and praise God. That's where Advent picks up the story. Um, yes. At least where we're going to pick up the story with, with Christ the King um, yeah. this coming week. So I know we're, we, uh, we had a nice long, long chat today with lots of stuff, but it's, you know, five chapters to, to yeah. wade through, but um, yeah, yeah. But we're looking forward to the Advent season and we're looking forward to uh, you know, the, the hope being more explicit and not just having to, to kind of leave it out there for the, for the future day. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to celebrating with you guys on Sunday, uh, first week of Advent. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to B-Side Podcast. Hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you yeah. later.